Welcome to the Empowering Path podcast. I'm Jess Frost, aka the Highly Sensitive Coach, and this is a podcast dedicated to fellow highly sensitive people and empaths. My life's work is now dedicated to empowering HSPs and empaths to own their sensitive superpowers and thrive as their authentic selves. Should we get stuck in? Welcome, sensitive soul, to episode 49 of the Empowering Path podcast. How are we doing? It is so warm. I'm not moaning though. Not moaning. It's very sweaty in this office, but I am absolutely loving this heat wave right now. <laughs> it is so warm in Nottingham. Um, yeah, I wonder if it is the same way you are. Um, I know we have people tuning in from all over the world. Um, but yes, very hot, very sweaty, but very happy over here in Knots. Um, what have I been doing since I last jumped on? I have been to a festival. I went to Love Supreme Festival down south, a jazz, soul and funk festival. And we glamped. Honestly, it was worlds away from the years when I'd be at Reading and Leeds just yeah, uh, not showering for days. Um, uh, but yeah, very different experience, very different experience, but it was beautiful. I'm not going to lie. Um, like when we were kind of dragging, uh, our bags and stuff across the fields and we got to the tent and opened it up to see a bed already made up with linen, we were like, oh, it was, yeah, um, blissful and the music was phenomenal food drink yeah all of the things it felt like a right treat um after yeah not being at a festival for years and I think the last time I went to Love Supreme was about eight years ago and it just felt like a beautiful mini holiday it was very needed and then came back and um yeah it's just been non-stop it's like working in the day and then doing workshops in the evening so I love it. It lights up my soul. But um, yes, I've had to be very mindful of my energy. And um, thank you for your patience in terms of, yeah, the gaps between episodes sometimes, because I have to just check in with myself and go, what am I capable of doing? Like, where does my energy need to go this week? And sometimes it means that my podcast next episode might be a week late, but it's what I needed to do. And especially, I think, breaking free from some kind of perfectionist tendencies, that's been really important to me that I can just honour what I need in that moment. And I hope you can do the same as well, um, especially when you reflect on this episode. So um, as you know, I do a lot of work with supporting women and burnout. And burnout is the topic of this episode. Um, Those of you that have had my story will know that I was burning out, you know, every six months. Um, when I was working in the corporate world and it was down to many, many different reasons, by the way, not just the work I did at all. That was a tiny part of it. Um, it had so much more, so many more layers. Um, and I'll go through why I feel like understanding burnout is a big, big, big topic and why it takes a lot of different techniques to help release yourself from it. Um, But yeah, I am lucky enough to support a lot of highly sensitive women break free from burnout. Many of the women I work with learnt as a survival mechanism to push down their beautiful sensitivity at a young age and perhaps became the strong one, the caretaker, the one that looks after everyone else. 
And maybe right now they are still looking after everyone else. They don't have a self-care routine. They burn out on a regular basis. They're harbouring so much resentment and frustration, anger. And I hear you and I see you. And it's why I chose to do the work I do. So um, I'm going to talk about some really important systems that I think once we're aware of them, um, I invite you to journal out just where you feel you are mostly in your life when it comes to these systems. Because the self-awareness, as you know, always comes first and is an absolute gift in terms of, okay, what support do I now need to to change this? Okay. Um, But when we're living in just certain systems alone, it's not sustainable. When we are living our life a, a way that isn't serving us for too long, you know, our body will tell us to stop. <laughs> it just will. Um, we will be made to stop. We'll get unwell. Lots of different things will happen. So hopefully these things will enable us to find different ways of coping um, and just enable us to be more in the kind of soothing self-care systems that we have. So in the last episode that I did, it was all about nervous system regulation. Please check it out if you haven't listened to that yet, okay? Because that is all about why understanding your nervous system and actually regulating it and putting certain things in place to look after it is so important for highly sensitive people because our nervous systems are more sensitive anyway, okay? And I talked about um, how we can be either in like our sympathetic nervous system or our parasympathetic. And our sympathetic is the kind of, um, okay, panic, go, 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 put your foot on the gas. And when we are in that, it's great. You know, if we need to take action and if we've got motivation and we need to move forwards, that's brilliant. But if we're in it too long, it's not sustainable and it will lead to burnout. Okay. Um, Because it will include that threat system. And like I mentioned in the episode, you know, we have an innate um, ability to react to threat as highly sensitive people. It's like when we look at highly sensitive animals, that's an amazing trait to have. They literally can can kind of read their environment for safety and, and can take necessary action. And that's what we also have. But sometimes we can be too unconsciously in our threat. So we need to be moving from the sympathetic into the parasympathetic a lot of the time where we can calm that nervous system down. That's like putting the foot on the gas, taking a breath, getting into safety, which is so important. Okay, so I talked about the different ways that we can we can be getting into the parasympathetic things like breath work, things like cold water therapy, things like meditation and journaling. So do check that out if you haven't listened already. But I wanted to mention as well another system that I'm um, a big fan of, which is Paul Gilbert's motivational systems, also known as the emotional regulation systems. And he describes three different systems. You've got drive affiliative and threat um the drive system being like the action the motivation the forward momentum so you know having your drive system is absolutely amazing like for me i am a manifest of human design which means i've either got high energy or nothing when i'm in my high energy i'm very much in my drive like i could write a book some days honestly i laugh about it i'm like oh my goodness where does this energy come from like so much creativity so much energy i just get so much done i'm still learning how to bulk do my work in, in those times but it's incredible 
And even my partner comments on it. He's like, how do you have so much drive? It's incredible. However, when we're in too much drive, that can too lead to burnout if we don't know how to put the brakes on, which I didn't for years. You've got the affiliative system, which is your self-care. It's your soothing system. It's that kind, higher self and your inner mother. So, so needed. But very few of us are in this system enough. Okay. And then you've got the third system, which is the threat system, which is that fight, flight, freeze form. It is that sympathetic nervous system, that panic system, alarms going off, go, go, go. It's that harsh inner critic. Mine's called Gretchen, by the way. Who's yours? Um, So a lot of us will live in that threat drive. You know, I'm probably most in my drive. I'm quite good at getting to my affiliative, but I'm equally in my threat. Um, You know, my partner would say I'm probably mostly in my threat, you know? So it's how can we be moving throughout these systems, utilising all three of them rather than sitting in one. And it's been a game changer for me. It's been a game changer for my partner to notice this. You know, like I say, the first stage is self-awareness. Like, where am I usually sitting? And when I'm in that, how can I how can I take action to get into the other one? Okay. And, you know, I think for motivation, you know, a lot of people say to me, I feel so stuck, like I'm not taking any action. I'm just, I know what I want to do and I can't get that forward action. And it's like, how do we get into that drive? You know, that can be really great to be like, right, okay, how am I going to get some action taken here? What baby steps am I going to take to build a bit of momentum? But I'm not going to set unrealistic expectations, but I'm going to take little baby steps of action to get us into that drive system. So yeah, I really invite you to reflect on this. Where are you? Drive, affiliative, threat, most of the time. And how can we be getting into that affiliative system, that parasympathetic system more as highly sensitive people? Because we need it for our nervous systems. And then self-care. You hear me talk about self-care a lot, but what works for us? I'm going to talk about it till the cows come home, okay? Because we really should be drilling down into this. And I'm talking to myself included here. Like what is working for me at the moment? What do I need to do at the moment? It's like, for example, this morning I woke up and I was in really high energy, but I went straight into drive, which was great in one hand because I got work done. But as the day progressed, I could notice my threat system kicking in. And it's because I didn't do my breath work. I didn't do my meditation. I didn't just take time to sit in stillness before I picked up my phone and my laptop. So that's the little tweak that I've said to myself from tomorrow. I'm getting back into that routine with a layer of compassion. Like this isn't an opportunity for me to beat myself up. Like this is just, okay, I've noticed that. And I'm going to implement this from tomorrow and see how I get on. So what is, um, what is working for us? What maybe haven't we done and can we implement going forward? But I think just having some time first thing in the morning, just to sit with yourself can be so informative. You know, we are living cyclically, aren't we? Whether that's like menstrual cycles, moon cycles, whatever that is, we're constantly needing to flow. But I think more often than not, when we look at productivity and we try and adhere to these systems we've been raised in, we think everything should be fucking linear or an upwards trajectory where it's like, okay, I need to do this every single day. And it's like James Clear talks about in Atomic Habits, we're going to fail because 
this doesn't this isn't how we work as humans and especially women with different cycles as well so you know how can we be checking in every day to see what we need you know so some days I'll check in and I'm like fuck me I feel so tired like I feel like I just want to scream I'm just my inner critic is beating me to a pulp okay Jess what do you need today I need to get the fuck outside I need to do breath work. I need to do rage on a page, which Gabby Bernstein talks about. You know, I need to get all my thoughts out onto paper. I need to scream, whatever that looks like. And the following day, I might wake up and I'm like, you know what? I feel really great. And Gretchen is really quiet today. And I actually feel like I've got loads of energy. Maybe I could get loads of stuff done today. And then I can look at my to-do list and think, right, what am I going to prioritise? Let's go. But no day is going to feel exactly the same. So how can we be making these self-care decisions in the present rather than giving ourselves this like linear to-do list? Because it's not sustainable, in my opinion. And then where are we leaking energy? I love talking about energy leakage because we do it all the freaking time. So things like the people we're surrounding ourselves with, you know, we've come out of two years of just intense stress and emotion a lot of people will be transitioning you know working from home back into busy offices commuting being around a lot more people socially there will be people that will drain you so it's being mindful of who those people are you know who are the energy vampires who are the people that emotionally dump on you and never give you anything back you know be really like um intentional with who you're spending your time with um especially when you haven't when you're not feeling good yourself when your energy is really low you can be really um, strict in terms of who you're going to surround yourself with. Um, but noticing, I don't know, triggers, mm, a lot of people don't don't like the word trigger, but what activates us? You know, knowing the things that trigger and activate us, because that will drain a lot of your energy, okay? When we're physiologically triggered, that reaction will drain your energy, And then it will lead to shitty thoughts and then vice versa and in this vicious cycle of depletion. So when we can understand, okay, these certain things in my environment trigger me. These people trigger me. These certain things that people say trigger me. How can I own that? How can I be self-aware enough so I'm going to be able to protect myself? Or if I am triggered, have the coping strategies to be able to get into my parasympathetic a lot quicker. You know, a lot of people feel really scared to talk about their triggers, but on, honestly, when we can own them, because they will be really minute ones as well as bigger ones, we can really get a handle on our energy. And it's not necessarily going to stop us getting activated, but it really will be able to get us out of one system into another a lot quicker. So what activates you? Who activates you? Be mindful of and intentional with your time and energy. And how can we self-soothe? You know, self-soothing, especially as a highly sensitive person, is one of the biggest tools that we can develop. Where it's not about perfection, fuck perfection. But it's about how can I be self-aware? How can I notice when things are happening? How can I calm myself down? How can I find inner safety when I'm activated? When my nervous system is activated? And then where am I numbing out? I'm going to do a separate episode um, because mm, 
yeah, I was recording another podcast um, on one of my coaches' podcasts the the other day, and yeah, I was talking a bit about numbing out, and I thought, you know what, this is a whole separate episode because it's it, it's really important to know where we are numbing out ourselves. Um, this could be in a multitude of different ways. You know, it could be um, drinking alcohol, it could be um, drugs, it could be watching reality TV or TV series or, you know, gaming, whatever this looks like, okay? There is no right or wrong here. This is not pointing the finger, but it's about owning your own personal behaviour patterns. You know, I can put my hand up and go, I numb out a lot with wine, whether it's a good day, a bad day, I will go to pick up a a glass of wine and I've had to check in with myself a lot more and be like, why is this? You know, because I didn't drink necessarily all the time because things were bad. What I I, I was drinking for was to numb out the good, which was so like, oh, I was so sad when I realised this. But I did. I foreboded joy for a lot of my life because I didn't think I deserved it. So if something good happened at work, it would be like, let's celebrate. But as a way of numbing that emotion, numbing that probably overwhelming feeling of joy, which I was not used to and what made me feel a little bit uncomfortable. (laughs) So, you know, and also I wanted to mention about our subconscious mind and our subconscious beliefs, because for me, it is so um, interlinked with my numbing out because and I said this on another podcast, I said, you know, Love Island, Love Island for me, for example, watching that is just as dangerous for me as when I say about drinking lots of wine. And the reason I say this, and I really stand by it because it's my own experience, okay, and feel free to disagree with me, we should all be able to speak our minds and our own experiences. Um, But for me, I really do stand firmly that, you know, we we can become more mindful of what we are allowing our brains to absorb when we understand our subconscious mind more. So I now know through all the work I've done over the last 10 years, how much shame I carried around as a human. Okay. It was like the biggest backpack of rocks. And by shame, I mean core beliefs like I am not worthy. I am not good enough. Yeah. And these shitty beliefs about myself, really like really horrible beliefs I had about myself would manifest externally in so many different ways. So I was an overworker. I was a perfectionist. I desperately seeked external validation. You know, I I was terrified of getting sacked. I was terrified of failure. And that was because I was so desperate for people not to see that dark side of me that believed that she was just a piece of shit and not good enough. So, you know, I would develop perfectionism, overworking, which then led to burnout, but I was numbing out as well. I spent a lot of my life numbing out. And, you know, for years and years and years, I would soak up like Heat magazine, God, what were they called now? Now magazine, all of these magazines. I would watch shitloads of reality TV. And then when I started doing the work on myself, I noticed how much this was subconsciously infiltrating my swampland of my soul, as Brené Brown calls shame. All these programs were doing for me personally was feeding this darkness. It was And it became an addiction. 
it 100% became an addiction. My body was addicted to drama. I would gravitate towards drama in the workplace. It was like my swampland was feeding off it, you know? And that's why I said for me personally, if I was to sit there and absorb Love Island on a daily basis, that is just as bad as my behaviour of drinking a bottle of red wine a day. Because when I'm sat watching these things or reading these magazines or, you know, following these certain things on social media, that will feed my swampland, feed my feelings of not being worthy and ultimately lead to my addictive behaviour. It went full circle. So that's why I'm so passionate about people understanding their subconscious mind. It's why I trained in NLP and hypnotherapy and timeline therapy and etc. Because I had that work done on my subconscious mind. Those coaches helped me release that shame. And it's not all gone. You know, I have to work on it a lot. But understanding why we act out in the world like we do is so important for you to then be able to tap into that part of your mind and release that bullshit that doesn't need to be there anymore. And you can really realise your worth because that will stop all the rest of it. The overworking, the people-pleasing, the codependency, the perfectionism. It really will. And it takes time, it takes patience, it takes so much compassion. But we fucking deserve it. Our nervous systems deserve it. Our health deserves it. So how can you, on the back of this, if there's something that you went, oh, interesting, please, I invite you to journal it out. What systems are you living out of mostly? What's your self-care looking like? Where are you numbing out? Have you ever done any work looking into your subconscious mind? Do you know what belief systems you have? Do you know why you're behaving the way you behave? Do you know why you're emotionally erupting the way that you are? But it's okay if you don't, because you can find support to work through that going forward. But it's such a key to freedom, to releasing this burnout. And I'm not saying it goes away completely. Like there are times when I have slippage and I'm like, oh God, I'm exhausted And I have to really be kind to myself, especially if Gretchen's going wild. You know, I have to really ramp up my soul care to give myself a bit of a break and to just regroup and to start again, begin again. You know, we can begin again as many times as we need. I love that. Glennon Doyle said that. But I hope this has sparked something in you. Um, Please do let me know if it has. DM me, message me, share it with someone that you think will need to hear it. Tag me on the socials if you liked it, um, because the more HSPs I can reach, the better. Um, But if you do want any extra support, you know, if you're toying with the idea of, you know, reaching out to me about my one-to-one services, please know that there is no pressure from me. You know, I offer free of charge discovery calls so we can really delve into what's going on for you, whether I can be the right fit for you. Because if I'm not, I will not just say I can help. I will signpost you to people that I feel that will. Um, But you need to check that I'm the right energy for you and vice versa. Um, But, you know, we can chat further. Um, My three month program is my signature program, and it is the program that's going to really be able to help tackle burnout. That is not something anyone can really do in one session 
yes, we can chip away at it. But if you want real long lasting, sustainable change and transformation, that's where my three month plus program comes in. So we can dig into all of these areas. We can look at your HSP trait. We can look at your soul care and your energy leakage and how you're protecting your energy. But we can definitely fucking delve into your subconscious mind and get rid of what no longer needs to be there anymore. Okay. So get in touch. You can head to the link in my show notes to get in touch with me. Um, I'm taking new three-month one-to-one clients from September. So get in now if you want to be included in that run. Um, but yeah, it's, it's oh, I love this. I love this reminder, you know. It's the main reason why I do the job I do is to help break burnout cycles. So um, I hope it's served you. It has me. And um, yeah, until next time, doll, take care and protect your energy.